I love history. I've always enjoyed learning from and about the past. Whether that's through watching a movie, listening to a podcast, reading a book, visiting a museum, or just talking to someone who experienced history themselves. There's a quote that is spoken often, and one that pertains to our subject today perfectly. Those who cannot remember the past are doomed to repeat it. I first watched this film about 12 years ago. It was something that intrigued me as a person interested in history. So when I heard that this film was being released by the Criterion Collection, I pre-ordered it. I knew before I bought it that it would forever be the most important film I would see and have in my collection. One that was not only important for me to watch, but to witness. It's a film in which the director regards as neither movie nor documentary, but an experience. He is certainly right about that. It is something that we experience, witness, remember, learn from, and something we should never forget. So if you're like me, and you enjoy film and the impact and emotions they convey, then grab a glass of your preferred liquid and join me for the next little while. For me, that's a glass of Pinot Noir from our friends at Sutter Home. So sit back, relax, and let's talk about the love of film. Welcome to Glazed Cinema. cinema i'm happy to see you again i'm excited for another season to dive into some great films together after concluding season one i had to start thinking of what film i wanted to open this new catalog with it turns out that it was a fairly easy decision for me all i had to do was look at the calendar and i found a wednesday that fit perfectly for the meaning of the day however it's not today's date but tomorrow's, January 27th. Unfortunately, that day will go by for many people as just another Thursday. For a lot of people, however, it's a day to reflect and remember those lost and those who survived to tell their stories. Stories that we should hear and lessons we should heed. For they speak not only for themselves, but for the voiceless, innocent lost. Shoah means catastrophe in Hebrew, and it's the title of today's subject. It's a film that is comprised entirely of interviews with those who survived the unthinkable. Tomorrow is Holocaust Remembrance Day, and Shoah, directed by Claude Landsman, helps to tell the stories of those who lived through that awful time in history. 
The Holocaust, otherwise known as the Shoah, was the systematic extermination of Jewish peoples perpetrated by the Nazi party and their collaborators. Starting in 1941 and ending in 1945, it was a genocide that took the lives of more than 6 million innocent Jewish people. For a long time after the war ended, many people were not aware of how truly terrible it was. However, when Landsman's film was released, it was one of the first media outlets that gave people a first-hand account of what had happened. Shoah is a film comprised entirely of interviews and includes no archival footage whatsoever. Its focus is instead on the human being, their experience, their emotions, and their memories. The film has two parts, which are the first era and the second era. The first part revolves around the early stages of the Holocaust, while the second revolves around the latter part. Altogether, these two parts total around nine and a half hours in length. I had first heard of Shoah from an email I received from Criterion years ago. They were previewing upcoming releases for the approaching months as they regularly do, and something caught my eye. Now, if you're unfamiliar with how they, their announcements look, each month they announce films using their curated cover art. One of the films in this particular lineup had a striking yet simple cover. It was a photograph taken of a railroad line, shrouded in smoke. The wood and metal cut through green grass with tree branches on both sides, with the word Showa gracing the middle of it. If you've listened to previous episodes, you'll know that I love a good piece of cover art, and this one is perfect in its own way. It intrigued me to want to know more, and I knew almost immediately upon reading the description that I needed to witness this film. Shoah is a film that was not thought of by Claude himself, but rather commissioned by another party. Claude, a French gentleman, had directed a film called Pourquoi Israel, which was released in 1973. It was a film comprised of interviews detailing the state of Israel 25 years after its establishment as a modern country. Shortly after its release, he was approached by a man named Aluf Haraven, who was the director of the Israeli Department of Foreign Affairs. The government of Israel had an idea to create a film about the Holocaust, but from the viewpoint of Jews. Liking the approach taken with Porqua Israel, they pitched a two-hour-long film with an 18-month turnaround. Claude accepted, and the rest, as they say, is history. He began by calling people and having phone conversations. Some were unwilling to speak about that time in their lives as it opened old wounds and it was very hard for them to speak. For those who were willing, however, he developed a relationship with them and eventually asked to be a part of the film. Once he began interviewing survivors, however, his idea for the film got larger and was an ever-evolving project. There are around 80 people captured on footage in Shoah's entirety. I would say 30 of those people 
provided key testimony from many different perspectives. By the end of the project, he had more footage than he knew what to do with, and out of that spawned numerous other titles that would come after Showa's release, each covering different subjects. There are a few reasons why Claude was so drawn to this project and so passionate about it once he started. To understand why, however, I wanted to understand more about his background. Claude was born in Paris in the year 1925. His family was Jewish and therefore went into hiding when the enemy came knocking at the country's borders in the 40s. As a teenager, however, he joined the French resistance and smuggled arms while fighting against the Axis powers. After the war, he studied philosophy and later lectured in Berlin while in his early 20s. At that time, he also snuck into East Germany to undertake his own journalistic investigation on the people's experiences. Seemingly drawn to the tougher subjects, he also traveled to other places like the USSR, Mao's China, and North Korea to partake in other journalistic ventures. He always gravitated towards the difficult subjects, flirting with danger, and having luck on his side throughout. In learning about his past, it made me understand more about the man behind the film. We can see that previous experience during his interviews within Showa, trying to help survivors speak of their experiences, respecting the difficulty of it all, but knowing the importance. There are other times in the film where his risk-taking side really comes out, no more than when secretly interviewing former Nazis to get a look into their perspective. I always wondered how much nerves he must have had conducting those interviews with a camera concealed in a briefcase, capturing the devil's details. One of these men in particular gives a great level of detail, including pointing to maps and describing things he and others had done, which are absolutely reprehensible. There are those who don't agree with these tactics, however. But I respect the fact that Claude took the risk in his approach. I feel that with them included, we get a true look at the Holocaust through hearing from all possible sides. Through its 30 key witnesses, we hear from many different points of view. Of those viewpoints are those from non-Jewish townspeople that lived through the war. Claude interviews them to understand what it was like to witness these events from a bystander's perspective. Through these people, we hear about the Jews being marched in onto trains and what their towns were like prior to the war. We also hear from a farmer who lived less than 800 feet away from one of the camp's fences. One of the most memorable of the townspeople interviewed is a man who was a train conductor forced into transporting people to camps. Then there are the survivors who are interviewed, who bear witness to the atrocities they endured and lived through. Their witness testimony includes those from a number of different camps, including Treblinka, Kelmo, Vilna, and Auschwitz. There are some who also give details of the ghettos like Warsaw. Their stories are indescribable and absolutely heart-wrenching. 
The fact that they survived at all is a miracle in itself. All of them show great courage to speak on their experiences. In doing so, however, they speak not only for themselves, but for the millions who are robbed the right to do so. I will not describe anything for them, as I feel it is not my place to do so. Their stories are sacred and worth us hearing, and such an important documentation on both a historical and humanitarian level. One of the final viewpoints we hear from are those who play an alternate role. Among them is a historian, another a messenger from the Polish government, and a prosecutor during the 1960 Treblinka trial. These points of view provide details about how Nazi parties were punished, the historical implications, and how word was sent to outside countries about what was happening to the Jewish population in Poland and around Europe. One of these men, Jan Karski, who was a messenger for the Polish government, is also the subject of another film that spawned after Shoah, titled The Karski Report. In it, he describes meeting with world leaders, visiting the ghettos himself, and so much more. Shoah is the first of its kind. Landsman insisted on not explaining the why, because that would be impossible, but instead the how. It's a film that is a historical document, which contains absolutely no archival footage, which was also a first. Though in his research prior to conducting interviews, he did use archives to learn more, he used no such documents in the actual final film. He did this for one simple reason and fundamental belief, that the horror cannot be represented. It is unimaginable, unthinkable, and unrepresentable. Using archival footage would do a disservice to the witnesses and survivors. In total, it took 11 years to complete, which included five years of video editing. The finished product is undoubtedly one of the most important works in cinematic history. Showa itself plays on a few of the things I firmly believe in. Those things being that knowledge empowers us all, ignorance breeds the worst in humanity, and that history is not something to be trifled with. Showa is an emotional watch, as you might expect, and the telling of memories is hard-hitting, to say the least. Each survivor who speaks shows incredible courage and fortitude, as I'm sure it was not easy to divulge their truth or relive their memories. There's one thing I'd like to note about Shoah that I'm really appreciative of, but I can only speak to the version I've seen, which is Criterion's restoration of the film, and that is the subtitle placement. Most of the people with whom Claude speaks with do not speak Claude's native tongue of French, and therefore, Claude requires a translator for most of the interviews. To film these interviews with survivors, Claude and his translator traveled all over the world. This included countries like Germany, Poland, Israel, and America, with numerous languages spoken. I'd like to shift to something that may seem minor, 
but enhanced my viewing experience, and that is the subtitle placement, as previously discussed. You might expect the subtitles to appear when the person being interviewed is speaking. However, that is not the case here. Instead, the subtitles appear when the translator is speaking to Claude. I appreciate a lot about this approach. For one, this let me truly hear and see the person speaking. I got to catch their mannerisms, their tone, emotion, and cadence without my attention being pulled to the bottom of the screen while, their inter while the interviewee was speaking. I also feel that this gives the necessary respect to the survivors telling their stories because we are fully present while they speak. For a lot of them, Shoah was the first time they had ever spoken publicly about their experiences, and I'm appreciative that they were able to do so as it is important for us to remember them and those whose lives were taken. Again, I can only speak for Criterion's restoration, but I wanted to praise how the subtitles were done. I'm sure a lot of you are in the same boat, but I can really only speak for myself and my experience. But when I learned about the Holocaust in school, I thought I understood how horrific and cruel and callous human beings can be. It became evident very quickly, however, in watching Shoah, that I knew very little. Before watching Shoah, I made sure that I had time to do so, and planned on watching one half in a single day. I was shocked and aghast with each interview. Each person's story was challenging, and the fact that they lived through what they described is incredible. Another day, I watched the second half of the film and was equally shaken. I learned so much from watching this film, and I feel so privileged that I've been able to hear the stories from these survivors told by them. Shoah made an incredible mark on society. People were exposed to truths that they had previously only scraped the surface of. It brought renewed awareness to anti-Semitism, and also gave other survivors the strength to tell their stories too. Since Shoah, we have learned so much more given all of the new witness accounts from survivors who have come forward since its release. Unfortunately, the number of survivors of the Holocaust decreases each year, but films like Shoah help to ensure that their stories are never forgotten and that we and future generations can continue learning from them for years to come. Hopefully in listening to these tales, we can help prevent future genocides from happening. If you're interested in educating yourself on the Holocaust, I recommend visiting the United States Holocaust Museum's website at ushmm.org. As their website's top menus say, it's a great place to learn about the Holocaust, remember survivors and victims, and confront genocide and anti-Semitism. On their website, you'll find countless resources, including over 80,000 pieces of video, audio, testimony, and documentary, along with podcasts, images, articles, and so much more. Another great resource is the Yad Vashem website, Israel's official 
memorial to Holocaust victims. Their website can be found at yadvashem.org. And there you can find other great resources, including video, audio, and written documentation. There is also a growing list of victims' names, rescue stories, and much more. There are certain atrocities, like the Holocaust, that we as humanity must confront and ensure don't happen again. Unfortunately, there have been more genocides since then, like the ones in Rwanda and Cambodia. However, I firmly believe that by educating ourselves, we can ensure that we can help prevent future genocides from occurring. If you'd like to watch Shoah, you can find it on Prime Video. On Prime, you can watch the film in its entirety, with either an in-app subscription or for the price of $4.99 to rent. Apart from Prime Video, you can also find it on Vudu for $3.99 to rent. I'd like to also recommend buying Criterion's release of the film if you have the funds to do so. Criterion always does a fantastic job on all their releases and treats each film they release with respect, and Shoah is no exception to that trend. The release includes the restored original version in its entirety, along with three other films included in its supplements, which are equally eye-opening and important. If you like history, are a collector of film, or both, then it's well worth the investment of either $69.99 for DVD or $99.99 for a Blu-ray edition, which is what I chose to do. This episode was written and recorded by me, Brian Kinney, with music by Kevin McLeod. If you like this podcast, tell your friends or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Each week, there will be new content, including hints about episodes before they air. If you'd like to learn more about the podcast, visit our website at glazedcinema.com. There you'll find info about the show and a place to submit ideas for future episodes. For film fans who are hearing impaired, our blog page features each episode in written form as well. As always, thanks for listening, and I hope to see you next time with another beverage and another fine film on Glazed Cinema. Cinema.